Welcome to Insights. This is Paul Ellis, Managing Director of Ellis Wealth Management, where we encourage you to invest in what you love. Ellis Wealth Management is an independent financial services firm focused on planning, advice, coaching, and investment management. We are dedicated to the families we serve, and we encourage you to invest in what you love. Within Insights, we look at ways to make our world richer through focusing on sharing, and developing human capital. Well, all right. What a great day it is. It's a great day in the Pacific Northwest. It's getting warmer. The sun is staying out longer and it is it is a beautiful, beautiful time of year. I am so pleased to have with us today a friend of mine, Joanne Foreman. Joanne is a Stanford graduate, a women's touring LPGA player, or former women's touring LPGA player, a professional golf coach. Uh, she's a performance coach for corporate and elite athletes and a nutrition expert. So it's my pleasure to have with us today, Joanne Foreman. Joanne, how are you today? Paul, I am doing awesome. Thank you. And I really enjoy getting a chance to talk with you. And uh, thanks for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. We met many years ago. I needed help with my golf game. And um, while my golf game didn't get dramatically better it's it's the archer not the arrow um you 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 only had little things to work with (laughs) with in regards to my capabilities but you've assisted me in enjoying the game so much more and not only that not just a golf coach you've been a wonderful life coach and friend to me so i want to thank you uh for for that and for all that you do um tell us a little bit about what you do today well, Paul, thanks, I, and I appreciate that. I do, and that that leads me right into how I I sort of got started in this. I've always been fascinated with how people work and how we are multi-dimensional, and so basically, what I'm doing is helping both elite athletes and corporate athletes thrive in high-stress and high-stakes environments, so that they are really purpose-driven, whole-person people, right? It's always that whole four dimensions. we got physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, and that's how we're all made. So no matter what we're doing, we talk about um, performance coaching or coaching of any kind, what we're really doing is helping people uh, tap into all four of those domains or dimensions and leveraging the best kind of energy in each of those to get the results that we're wanting to make sure that we show up purposeful and what I like to call back nine strong there's a little golf term for you there but um, but that's essentially what I do is I integrate the physical mental emotional and spiritual aspects of performance both in sports and in business and help individuals identify which of those pieces needs the most focus and how to integrate all four of those in who they're becoming both as a as an athlete and as a leader. What was your path to from where you 
from where you started to where you are now? <laughs> well, <laughs> as the Beatles say, it was a long and winding road, uh, but it was, <laughs> but, but I eventually got here. It, it, I would say, um, you know, I started off really well as, as an athlete and a student and a high achiever, if you will. I, I was into a whole bunch of things growing up. And I always wanted to be a doctor. That was my desire. When I went to Stanford, I was pre-med and that's what I wanted to do. And I think it was about, I wanted to be about helping put people back together. I think that's really, if I could put my finger on it, Mm. I loved working with athletes. I loved the whole sports thing, even though I didn't start off being an excellent athlete. I was super uncoordinated when I was little, believe it or not. I really was. But I became a better athlete after I discovered golf, which I did when I was 10 years old. Uh, it gave me a, a voice or a confidence that I didn't have prior to that. I was always a really good student and I was good with, um, you know, not non moving things like ballet and horses, <laughs> but throw a ball at me and oh my gosh, that was not a good thing. But, um, but I think really having a, a passion for how people are put together and how that works loving sports and wanting to be in that sort of, I had a calling to be a healer of some kind. I, that's what I felt. And then through my golf career, which lasted a very long time, uh, starting from 10 years old and then going up through, I probably ended my competitive golf career when I was just, just under 30. So a good 20 years of a lot of focus taught me a lot of things about, um, about energy management, right? And about what you need to be the best at something, motivation and physical conditioning and training and managing emotions and having a really strong purpose and a why and and knowing why you're doing it, not just going through the motions. So I think that's that's how I started. And as I, after I got through my playing career, and then I was a mom pretty quickly right after that. I left the tour and then I was pregnant with my first child. And then I was all of a sudden now I'm in the mom stage and then getting into the coaching stage. I wanted to leverage and, and build off of that, off of that platform and that learning because it was so unique. There are so few people that really were able to do what I did at the level I did. So I wanted to be able to share that and make a difference for people based on my own experience. And that's really how I got started is, is looking at those parallels between sports and athletic and, and um, performance training and then transferring that into business and life and how we do everything else. And that's how I made the bridge. Well, that's interesting. You know, you, you go from, from focusing on being a doctor, wanting to fix and heal people, to being able to find that there's a, a calling path to do those things without necessarily landing in a particular position. So, yes, so, yeah. There was not there was no white coat in my future. Let's put it that way. And I was <laughs> I remember talking with a really good friend of mine who was my lab partner in college and he did become a doctor. And, um, and I remember telling him and saying, you know, I often wonder, you know, when I, I've, I've shared that before that all I could ever think about was being a doctor. That was my only plan, really, when I, that was what I was planning on doing. The fact that I had a golf scholarship at Stanford was icing on the cake. That was how I was going to get my education. It was a means to an end. 
I did not start out thinking I was going to play professionally. That came much later in the game, but but the whole I think that looking at where I'm at now, I can see some of those foundations were true even back then. I mean, mm-hmm. back when I was in high school, I can think about the fact that well that I, I was that person that people wanted to talk to. Like I, if they had a problem, they would talk to me about it. Whether I knew anything at all about what was going on in their life didn't matter. It would just, they found me. I was, a, I was like a safe person. I think is the way I would call it that they wanted to talk to. And I was always really fascinated by how the human body was put together, how we work mentally, physically. Uh, I was fascinated by the sciences, even though I excelled, in language and literature and art. That was the thing that I was naturally good at, but my brain was was really curious and fascinated by how we were how we operate as humans, right? So I kinda I feel like that healing and understanding how we work and put together, that thing that I had even back in high school and that understanding and that ability to talk to people and ask questions and listen and offer feedback, that whole thing is what I do. It's what I'm currently doing even all this time later. So I think there were obviously some uh, some foundational pieces of how I was put together that are still, that are there, that, that just, you know, just based on my experience, to, you know, took a different path than what I had originally intended. And recently, uh, part of that path is you've participated in what's called the wild leaders experience. You were sharing about the wild leaders experience with me, uh, which stands for, I believe, whole intentional leader development. Is Mm -hmm. that correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. And I, I love the fact that it's called, that it's wild, that the letters make up the word wild. (laughs) I just, that just, that just makes me smile when I say it. But um, yes, I was introduced to that. I mean, I, I had been on this path already with, Really, my whole, my whole goal in my life, my passion is really, I mean, to, to be influencing this purpose driven whole person development, not just one box or two boxes, but at that integrated experience where they're able, like for me, it's important to create impact and a lasting legacy. And that's what I really want to help other people do, right? To be able to, develop and integrate their life and so when I um this idea of whole was was I was no stranger to that but it, I had one of those uh Jerry Maguire experiences um when I went I listened to one of the um the leaders of wild and they, there's Dr. Rob McKenna and he is the uh he's the founder and he's one of the top industrial organizational psychologists in the world today and then there's Dr. Daniel Halleck, and he um, also works within that organization, and he's the CCO. And he he was doing a talk at a business, um, like a business uh, event, and I heard him, and it was like literally no more than two minutes into his talk. This is about three years ago, and I was like, okay, that's it. That that I, that I need to, I need to talk with DC. I'm going to do something with them. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to, I need to talk to him. And it was that Jerry Maguire moment. Like you had me at hello, right? When she says, when he's going on about you complete me and she goes, you had me at hello. And it was like, you had me, you had me at whole. When you said whole, I was like, okay, I'm there. I'm there. So it, it has been a, an amazing uh, journey. 
I mean, a lot of things have provided influence in my life. My kids, my spiritual mentors, people that have poured into my life, my coaches over the years that I've had. And that's why I think that this whole idea of coaching and mentorship and all that is so important to me. And this whole wild experience, uh, they are, they're based in the Seattle area. And it, I, I have basically done everything that they have provided. They have a wonderful online community. We do calls every Friday called, um, called the Wild Conversation, where leaders from all over the country get on a call for an hour. And Dr. McKenna will usually provide some content and then we'll have conversations in small groups. But it's, it's all about, it's based on a tool that they, assessment tools that they have created called the Wild Toolkit. And um, I, that's how I jumped in. I went into one of their intense two-day intensive things, went into uh, and did their toolkit. You go, go through these assessments. And it takes a little while to do. And then we met in for two days and talked about, talked through it and did some peer coaching, et cetera. But what I was floored about was just that it provided this really deep research-based taking all the research of the past 40 years of what it takes to develop a leader, mm. right? What it really takes to develop a leader that can get out there and, and, and make that difference and impact and putting it into an, into some assessments to just start a conversation and, and contextualize it around our own experience. And I was amazed at how flexible the tools actually were. And it just raised a whole bunch of questions and, new ways of thinking about things like my calling and my purpose and my strategic network and how I like to learn and um, having purpose-driven goals that are tied to my core purpose, not just goals for goal's sake. Right. And so um, it was, it has been an amazing journey. And so I am now a coach and facilitator with wild three years later. Uh, I, I, I did, probably the biggest deep end, like jump into the deep end dive of, that I've ever done is I decided to do their executive fellows program last year. And that was an intensive kind of graduate level uh, meeting with a cohort quarterly for three days, doing reading tons of research, writing papers, um, really doing a deep dive into leader development and understanding the research behind it. And the reason that was important to me was because I didn't have a corporate background. I have, I've never had a corporate job where I've been in the, you know, in that more traditional structure. I've been an entrepreneur or an athlete my entire life. So from the standpoint of understanding what it looks like in a team and what it looks like in executive management and what it looks like in terms of what types of things we're trying to put in place and what makes an executive successful over time. It was huge for me to see the research on that. Mm. And so it was really helpful because I have like, that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about a corporate athlete is the person who is they're in their they're in their job, they're in their work, they're what they do for their vocation. But you can apply the same training principles that you do as an athlete, that same four dimensions, right? Physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, apply to the executive, to the manager, to the leader. And so that's why I was just I was over the moon, right? It's so excited because I just started seeing all these connections and yes. I thought, okay. This is going to be a powerful tool for my clients, for me, in how I coach, 
and um, and even for me in in discerning my next steps and where I'm going. Well, that's that's powerful because part of that is being intentional rather than being sporadic over here with with disconnected goals being intentional throughout uh through your goals right yeah 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 the intention part that's the other big part of this right it's whole and intentional right so that means that we're doing it on purpose <laughs> with a plan with a right. structure to it and I would say if I could, and I know they like to do like, when you hear them talk about the, um, the, the toolkit, the wild toolkit, they'll talk about providing a scaffolding to have those developmental conversations that need to be had, whether that's within a team or within a group, within a family, or even with yourself. It is such a great um, way of doing that and helping be intentional, helping set appropriate goals. And um, that whole being intentional part of um, having that um, that that combination of it, it's funny because when I talk about those domains of like when you look at resilience or you look at performance and you look at the physical, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual, I always envision those as like a Venn diagram, right? They're all circle, all four circles, and you have a little intersecting point in the middle yes and then when i then when you wild is the exact same thing like you have this this exactly like even the executive fellows program was about psychological science and your experiential context and faith in humanity and how how all of this your deeper purpose interacts with with what's going on and it's the same thing it's the venn diagram with that center and i feel like my life is a Venn diagram right now, Paul. It's like everything that I think about, my business is a Venn diagram. I'm like the queen of Venn, right? I don't know how you want to put that, but but it was like, um, maybe I could be like, I could be Venn. Okay, it's a bad pun, but you know me, I like the pun. I could be Venjo instead of Venmo. It could be Venjo. Yeah. And there we are. I have yeah. the Venn diagram, then my name. So, but anyway, it's it's all of that integration, bringing all those different parts together, and. Um, and that being intentional is so important. I think it's really easy to just go through the motions and do whatever's in front of you. We're all busy, right? I get so many of my clients are like, I don't have time. I, I, I'm just trying to be a good time manager and make sure that I, I schedule what I need to schedule. And if I've learned anything from my golf career uh, and from my years in coaching, is that it's not about time management. It has, I mean, time management is a skill. We do need to be efficient, but that is not the foundational piece. It's more about energy management than time management. Mm -hmm. It's about the expenditure of energy and then the renewal of energy. It's like all of it has a battery and some things drain it and some things charge it. And we are, I think we're in a habit in this sort of, results oriented and driven culture that we're always dreaming we're always outputting but we're not recovering we're not charging the battery we're only draining it yeah and when and we do that in the name of efficiency and in the name of high performance and in the name of getting it done but unfortunately if you do that for too long just like in a you know if you're training and you're working out you you know that you don't train a muscle to exhaustion every day. If you're going to go lift, 
you do a muscle group and you're going to exhaust that sucker, but you're not going to do that muscle group again for at least 48 hours. You're not going to go do it again the next day. Right. Because if you keep doing that, you are going to break down. You're going to injure yourself. Yes. And there's no recovery. So the recovery piece is just as important as the actual work. And it's the same thing, whether you're looking at it a day in the life of an executive or a day in the life of an athlete, the types of tasks might look a little different, but the same principles are there, right? You've got to have good energy. You've got to have good nutrition. That's where I got into all of that piece. Mm-hmm. Nutrition needs to be there. You've got to be able to sleep and exercise, but you also, you need to keep your emotional energy going. So activating that gratitude and appreciation, you know, using music, you know, music is great for that. Connecting with those core relationships that you have, you know, mental side that your cognitive sharpness, your ability to focus, right? Visualization and meditation and breathing and all kinds of different things and having breaks in the day. It, it's just, it's just interesting. Even then when you look even at the spiritual side, it's just being connected to your purpose, right? Why are we here? Right. What is bigger than me? And I think so many times we'll get hung up in one of these, like the physical side, and that's all we do, or we just do the mental side. And with all of my golf clients, I know it's more than just technique, right? It's more than just your swing. It has to do with how you think and how you prep and different rituals that you have in, 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 in your process that determine whether or not you're actually going to be able to perform the skill that you have or not. Well, it makes perfectly good sense. I mean, if we're, if we've ground ourselves down to, to powder, um, we, we, we won't be able to do the thing for which we were doing the grinding, <laughs> you know, exactly. <laughs> you wear yourself yep. out before the first tee. <laughs> it's going to yep. be a long, a long road. Now, one of those things about being purposeful, I won't say one of those things, but this is where your company or your focus on back nine is really, really helpful. Can can you share a little bit about back nine, um, that purpose and that management that you're that you're bringing from wild leaders into back nine? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I can't. I don't know where that term came in. I just I started thinking about being when you think about back nine, you kind of think about second half, right? Of of what's happening in the second half. And for me, I'm well into that. I mean, age wise, I'm well into the back nine here. So I'm on that second half. I've lived more years on this earth than I am going to live going forward. Um, So, I mean, I can say that with pretty, pretty certain there (laughs) based on where I'm at. So I'm thinking about that back nine and being able to complete that back nine strong in the sense of finishing well, like doing what, what I was, created to do, being purposeful about it, being intentional about it, and um, and looking at from the whole, this whole and intentional piece is going into the back nine of life and being whole and intentional about that. Like, how is this going to look? What is my purpose? What, um, what do I want to have happen? What can I not help but be good at? What do I want my goals to be? Um, who's in my network? Who do I want to be investing in? All of those things. So, when I think about, like, from my golfing days, when I think about the back nine, right, you typically, when you make that turn and you're heading into the second half of your round, you could, you could encounter a few different things. You have some different feelings or experiences you might have in this or scenarios you might encounter. The one is, you know, it's, it's like, hey, 
things are going well, let's, I need to keep it going. Like keep it, like what, what am I doing well and mm-hmm. how can I keep doing it? <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. So that's part, that's part of looking at like even the wild toolkit, there's a skills and knowledge inventory. There's like, here's my competencies. Here's my skills. Here's my purpose. What am I, what am I best suited for? And how do I keep doing that? Right. How do I stay connected to what I do really well? So there's that keep it going piece, right. And staying Um, understanding and being aware of what I do well and how I'm doing it. So that's your one. The second one is not so much, not going well, but I have to get something going. I got to kind of dig myself out of a hole here because the front nine didn't go as well as I'd hoped. Right. right? It didn't, there were things that were a little bit off. Might've been the timing, might've been something in my swing. I might've had a pain, whatever. I might've been distracted, but I know, okay, I have to refocus. I have to get something going. So I have to get back into my performance process and I need to really focus my attention so that I can re reignite the, you know, that the, whatever you want to call it, the, your mojo, right? You get back on track. And, and again, when I look at the toolkit, that, that's what it helped me do was it helped me refocus my energy to refocus where am I actually going? How can I tap into what I am most passionate about, what I'm most purposeful about, so that I can now channel my energy toward making the biggest impact I possibly can and doing what I was created to do. Mm-hmm. So there's that is a, you know, we, we all evaluate in one way or the other, you know, for front side, back side, however that goes. And the next one is, you know, maybe things went pretty well, and you actually have a chance to win. So, so now what's my mind, what's my mindset now? As far as now I'm really, I've got an energy, I'm riding the wave. And, you know, the, the danger then is when you start to think too far ahead and you think of the result and you're already, you're already accepting your trophy, but you got four more holes to play. Right. <laughs> and the last thing you want to do you start thinking about what you're going to say in your acceptance speech when you're standing over the shot that you have to hit. Right. So then it, it really becomes about channeling that, um, that emotional energy and that mental energy in a way that you can continue to perform and stay focused in the moment and not get too far ahead focusing on the results. And that, you know, then, you know, maybe your risk reward decisions look a little different. And I'm sure you know, you go through that in the in the whole investment business in terms of if somebody's little, you know, if they're trying to get to a certain point and maybe the first half of their life they didn't make as good decisions and now they're trying to get things together and they have to make up a little more ground, you might determine their their you know, their comfort and their risk assessment of how comfortable do they are they with certain things? Do they want something more secure or more riskier, more potential for growth? what are you going to look at? And it's the same thing when you're, when you're already, if you're already ahead, then you have to look at, okay, how aggressive am I going to be? How, how much do I want to make a safe play? What I would consider a safe play. Am I hitting to the middle of the green? Am I hitting to the pin? Do I want to, you know, where am I comfortable and how can I leverage my strength there? And then of course the last one, which we're all familiar with, I've been there many times is, wow, that really sucked. (laughs) That front (laughs) nine was a really bad and it's really so, I mean, it was so bad that, I mean, I'm definitely not winning. <laughs> There's not being, I'm, I'm just kind of trying to hold my head up here, right? It's like, I'm trying, you know, I just want to be able to, you know, feel good about how I can finish. 
And, and oftentimes, I mean, a lot of people might want to just give up, like, okay, oh, well, forget about it. I've already, I'm so far off that I'm just going to forget about it and just drag my, just hurry up and get in. Like, I can't wait to get off the golf course. Or you can reframe or, or kind of give a perspective shift of like, okay, I need to switch from the outcome to the process. How can I, for me, my question is, how can I choose joy in this moment? Mm. It's like finding why, what's my why? Why am I here? So being able to reconnect to our purpose, like what's the purpose? Like in, even in the toolkit, they have a, a tool called purposeful goals. So it involves going through every area of life where you may make goals, it's spiritual, physical, financial, work, family, health, and creating a purpose for that goal that you're doing like why am I doing this what does it matter what impact is it going to have on me my family who is it going to impact Mm -hmm. and by doing that that is from the research that's the secret sauce for you know for um for goal setting rather is when you have that purpose attached to it that's what really gives it that extra you know stickiness and um, and that reminds me, I think I shared with this, this with you earlier, the quote from Tim Hansel that I heard when I was in college student, I read his book. His book was called You Gotta Keep Dancing. That was the name of it. But in there, he said pain, he had a terrible mountain climbing accident. And um, and what his uh, his takeaway was, he said, pain is inevitable. Misery is optional. Mm. And we must choose joy. And so that really resonated with me. And it's something that's come back to my mind time and time again as I've gone through my life. Choosing, choosing joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like that. Uh, it's like, I mean, you say flipping a switch, but as you said, the, you know, when you have pain, pain is inevitable and we're going to go through a lot of things. So, and I could say literally when I played, um, I went back and played in the senior U S open the last three years and, and my body was in fact in pain. Like I, I need a new knee and my back is always a little bit off, you know, whatever. And so literally by the end of a round, I I'm hurting. Right. And I know that, but I, I am reminding myself of the fact that as my, I remember I had this one moment where um, my son was next to me and he was catting for me. Actually, my kids were catting and, and, and they, I love that the whole metaphor of the caddy is, is awesome too. Like walking inside the ropes and knowing the player. And I, I see myself as something like a caddy, like a, a what do you even call it? A leader caddy or a, a wellness caddy for people where I'm, I'm walking inside the ropes with them. But he was walking next to me and we were going down the hill. My knee had just, it was so swollen and stiff and, uh, we had had to play more holes than 18 that day because we had been rained out the day prior. So I had to play like 24 holes in okay. one day and it was, a, it was a really hilly course and I'm walking and we were getting to the last four holes and it was so swollen and it hurt and I was limping. I really, I mean, I, I couldn't put all my weight on it. And so I was literally going down the hill there and I remember here's your, your child, right? Come to this. They're not, I mean, they're not little, but they were, you know, he comes, he's got the bag on one shoulder and he comes over to me and he's like, grabs my arm, right? As mm-hmm. I'm going down the hill mm-hmm. and he's like, okay. He's like, it's all right, mom. I got gotcha. you. I won't let you fall. 
And it was like, it was one of those oh. moments that just touched my heart. It was like <sighs> this whole circle of life <laughs> that came, came back to, to, to what he was saying. And I realized, like, and it gave me such joy in the midst of my pain because what I focused on was I have this relationship with my child. Yeah. And he's watching me do the thing that I did for a career for many years. And he's there to support me and he knows how hard it is. And he's really pulling for me and this is really fun. And then the, the it was funny because another player had their daughter catting for him, for her. And then she came over and she grabbed my other arm. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> they were like escorting because it was a kind of a steep hill off the tee box. Yeah. And I was walking down and I, I, I have a hard time going down hills with my knee. Up is okay, but down is really hard. So um, anyway, so I... I had all of this feeling at once of feeling, oh my gosh, okay, I feel a little old right now, but, but that's okay. But also just this awesome support. And um, it really just made, it just made me feel so um, uh, just blessed, I guess, is all I can think of. It was an awesome moment. So it, that was definitely a, um, you know, a highlight for me, even though I was in pain. So I think that's how I, that's how I see it. You know, you can choose to just go, my knee hurts, my knee hurts, my knee hurts, my knee hurts. Oh, this really sucks. Or, yes, my knee hurts, but I got my kids here and I've got him on my arm and he's helping me through this. And this is really cool. And I'm getting to play again, which I haven't done for decades. So it was, it's a perspective shift. Oh, that's excellent. That's excellent. And if you, you know, it, the pain allowed you to see the opportunity for joy. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's off, I think it's often it's the gateway sometimes. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Now, as a yeah. caddy, uh, one of the one of the important things about a caddy, and you're a leader caddy or uh, assistant caddy in 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 that role, uh, pre shot and post shot routines are really important, and the caddy can help with that, can they not? They can. They can help you prepare for that. You know, the caddy, I mean, I think that relationship of walking inside the ropes, and that's where I, I came up with this idea when I present what I do with clients is as a, is, you know, being a resilience coach and teaching, helping them learn how to look at all four dimensions of their life here and to, you know, keep their energy focused where they want it to be and make sure that they're recharging so that they're maximizing the impact that they can have wherever they're at is, is that you have the, the caddies are, are helping you strategize, right? They're helping you talk through what your options are. And mm-hmm. so in that sense of way before you get into the pre-shop, but just helping you make a decision that you feel confident about that you can commit to without question. And they're there to help you do that. So anything that's half committed is never going to be a good outcome, at least in sports, for sure. If you're trying to hit a shot and you're not sure you can hit it or you don't think you have the right club or you're indecisive, uh, forget about it. (laughs) That shot is already over, right? Right. That's not happening. So part of that pre-shot, and this is where the ritual piece comes in. Um, You know, Jim Lore, he was – he wrote, he, he actually coined the term the corporate athlete, and he was a performance psychologist that worked with a bunch of world-class athletes, and he came up with that term corporate athlete, which I've used here multiple times. 
and and he was that he kind of talked about increasing that whole um you know the stress recovery cycle right and having rituals that help you do that and that's what a lot of the coaching or counting that i do is helping people do is find those appropriate rituals or pre-shot post-shot routines of life and golf that help them perform better so that pre-shot is is really about um you know is about clearing right you know clearing your mind being focused on what you want being decisive committing to what you decided to do visualizing what it's going to look like feeling what it's going to look like Mm -hmm. right and clearing and then having sort of a little cue or trigger that allows you to perform it and then in the post shot it's that five or ten seconds right after you've completed the shot because as you know um, being a golfer or anything right it's right after you hit the shot that you're going to have that emotional reaction if you're going to have one you're either going to be happy with the outcome or you're not going to be happy with the outcome and most of us don't have any problem dealing with the happy outcomes right like they're we're perfectly happy going yeah that was a great shot okay i'm awesome right and they walk in walking on but when we when it you know blip 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 goes in the water or (laughs) goes so goes we end up in a tree or you know, in the golf cart of somebody next to you, it's like, oh, you know, whatever. And the club may find an, an interesting place to go or something might come out of your mouth that you didn't intend to say or right. <laughs> your face or whatever. Right. And you have that. That's your place for emotional management, right? Mm. That emotional management piece is really important. And and when it comes to, you know, even looking at we have like the leading leak leading under pressure inventory is another one of those toolkit tools in the the wild toolkit there's like a secret sauce for that and one of the legs of the secret sauce of leading under pressure is emotional management it's being able to deal with difficult you know so that you're not having outbursts every every shot right or every second right and you're able to manage and contain that so that you are managing your energy because every time you get angry, every time we get frustrated, every time we get um, resentful or fearful, there's a whole bunch of hormonal and neurotransmitter things that happen in our body that don't go away for hours. So it's not like you can just get right back, right? It, it has a physiological effect. So being able to manage that is really important. And the post-shot routine, when you know in advance and you've rehearsed, how you're going to respond to certain situations and that can include we can do that on the golf course but you can have a post-shot routine for a meeting a performance review anything you're going to do with a client if you know if you feel like oh it's, okay this person's going to have a lot of questions or they're not or they're going to be upset about something or whatever you've already prepared your post-shot routine of how you're going to deal with it so it, it it's already there you're not you don't have to get pulled into the drama Right. of whatever it is and then you just you're able to you know let it go and then move forward and that's that's the sticky part like i i talk about rituals they're like they're like taking little sticky notes mm-hmm. and putting them all over yourself right every time you have a reaction you put a sticky note on yourself and it's about what do you want to stick you know do you want that frustration to stick do you want that agitation do you want your heart rate up do you want your blood pressure up or do you want to be calm and focused and ready to get to the next thing, ready to meet with the next client, ready to go to the next meeting, ready to play your next shot, whatever it is. So it's, those are really, really important. And when you have that caddy 
they're able to make sure that you are doing those things and they keep you, you know, keeping you in the process in the moment. And, and then if, you know, if something goes a little sideways, they're able to kind of get you back in a good mindset, um, help you refocus on what's important to be thinking about in order to, you know, do whichever one of those four things that you need to do on the back nine, right? Right. Keep it going. Do you need to get something going? Do you need to, are you in a position to win and you want to, you know, stay focused in the moment or do you need to reframe something and choose joy in the midst of something that's difficult? So they're, they're there to help us do that. And I, I can think of many times when my caddies did that for me and, and my kids did too as caddies for me. And I'm really grateful for them in doing that. So. Well, that all comes under the heading of being intentional for sure. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I can see where the post-shot routine is really important, if not the most important, because you're going to have another another swing. There is going to be another thing that comes up. And the sooner that we can get recentered and focused on, on what's next, um, the better the better position that we're going to be in to, to handle that. You know, if we're having, having a a Donald duck meltdown on the last shot, there's still another shot coming up. (laughs) There's still another thing coming towards you. Right. And, um, we don't want to be caught off guard. So being as much in control as we can be really is to our benefit. That's where I see that post shot really, really coming into play. And then we can give ourselves we can give ourselves permission once we get into the locker room, into our car, you know, <laughs> wherever. Uh, th- then we can give ourselves, you know, permission to then have our Donald Duck moment. But not today, not now. Uh, I've got this other thing coming up. D- does that make sense? Because we may mm-hmm. not be able to. Yeah. We may not be able to eliminate it, but we can give ourselves that space that we need to focus on that next thing. And I really think that that's, that's excellent. I've written that down. Yeah. It's so important, Paul, because, you know, when you look at it, I mean, the stronger and more resilient you are in all of those dimensions, like the physical, the emotional, the, the mental, the spiritual, and this is all coming into play when we're talking about those routines, because we're tapping primarily we're into that mental, emotional place and physical, Right. Think about what our body does when we get angry and what our body does when we're happy. Right. Different. (laughs) Right. There's a there's a so body language and gestures and things like that are important. But the the more balance we have, more resilience we have there, the better we are going to perform and the more passion we're going to have. And honestly, the more longevity we're going to have in whatever we're doing. And that's where, you know, for professional athletes, our careers are relatively short compared to someone in, in a corporate setting. You know, you're working for 40 plus years of your life, most people or more, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that, that's a long career to manage energy. And if we don't do it day in and day out, that energy is going to, you know, when I think about most of the time people come to me when they're stuck or there's a barrier in their way, they can't get to where they want to go. And typically it's because of one, there's a physical issue that's like they're sick or they have no energy or they have an autoimmune condition or they're, you know, they have some sort of an issue that prevents them from, from activating fully. Right. Right. So there's, there's the, there's a physical component. 
the other piece is there's, you know, I would call it that, um, you know, it's a stress component that there's so much stress that they're, um, that mental, emotional stress that, that there are, their relationships are suffering or they're finding themselves to be, you know, more, um, we'll call it testy or angry or, uh, get frustrated easily, that type of thing, right? They're, they're on edge and it's affecting their life, their business, their family. It's affecting everything, right? Because they, they're not able to manage that, that piece because of the stress that they're not handling well. And then the third piece is, is they, they lack purpose. They've forgotten why they want to do it in the first place and they're just simply not motivated enough. So they're, they're, they can't get the leverage on themselves to do what they want to do because they're actually not motivated to do it. Mm -hmm, <laughs> and mm -hmm. so it's like they haven't revisited that. What is my purpose and why am I really doing it? What, what am I here for? But what's that big play connecting the dots, right? So, so that's where that becomes so important because, you know, and that is actually, that's the second part of that secret sauce when we're looking at leading under pressure better is, is being connected to your purpose really having a clear sense of what it is and being connected to it and being reminded of it on a regular basis. So that is super, you know, all of that, that, that configuration right there is really important when it comes to um, longevity. It comes to, and when we're talking back nine, that's really what we're talking. We're talking that second half, right? That's when we, you know, we have to tap into something a little deeper. Right. We may have to we may have to reframe something. We may have had a health issue that left us in a in a difficult situation. We have to reframe, right? We gotta get a you know, reframe what's going on. We may have had gone through a divorce or a financial difficulty or whatever. Um, we've lost somebody that's close to us. That's happened a lot to a lot of people recently. So, you know, that there's all kinds of things that can happen, but again, that's where leveraging how we can interact with these four dimensions of our lives and ourselves, how, what, how we can utilize strategies and rituals to help us do that better so that all of the skills that we have can actually be utilized and we can have that longevity and passion throughout our entire life, not just, you know, until we're 60 or 62 or whatever that, you know, or just sporadically or just sporadically, elusive. you know, being able yeah, to, to link them together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, listen, Joanne, this has been absolutely terrific. And if people want to get in touch with you, would you share your coordinates, uh, if you would? How how do people get in touch with you if they're interested in Back Nine or they're interested in Wild Leaders? How do they reach out to you? Um, well, my email is Joanne at J O A N N E at Pure Impact. Net, that's P-U-R-E-I-M-P-A-C-T, like impact, right? Like I, I write at the golf ball, pureimpact.net. Or you can, my cell phone is 425-922-9259. So feel free to text or send me a quick message. And I'm happy to get back with you and um, and discuss. And most of the time, that's just, it's, I would just call it discovery call. If you, if you are a, an elite athlete or no one or a corporate athlete and you have um, if you're stuck in any one of those ways physically mentally emotionally spiritually 
um, and want to get some strategies in place or you have a team that you want to do that with, then please reach out and then we can um, kind of go through what those resources would look like. That's excellent. Joanne, thank you so much. I've been taking copious notes. I know that other people are probably doing the same. I really appreciate your time and, and breaking things down for us and uh, just being purposeful, you know, uh, is is uh, is so important. And it's more important today than probably it's been in a long time, if ever. So thank you, thank you, thank you. You are welcome, Paul. Thank you so much for inviting me on today. And it's always a pleasure. And uh enjoy being able to share the what's gone on in my life in the past where I'm at now and and again like as I mentioned it this is in terms of my purpose I'm living that out in talking to you right now and and providing what I have today that that is where I'm at it's that it's that connection of um, leveraging my sports career to help people now in everything that they're doing and being able to um, to thrive in high stress and high stakes environments and and be purpose driven and whole people as they as they head into their back nine. So thanks again for having me and um, I wish you the best and God bless with all, everything that you're doing with your podcast and how you are serving and helping people in in your neck of the woods there. Amen. Thank you. And we want to encourage everyone to always invest in what you love.